You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Well, I want to encourage you to breathe. How many would agree with me if if you don't breathe, you're not going to go far? Seriously, we get so used to breathing that we don't actually, at times, realize the value of breath. When you're short of breath, you identify how much you need to breathe. When uh, something is not right with your breathing, you need to have more help to have the oxygen that God gives us. Right through Scripture, this thought, this concept, as a human being of living presence is from cover to cover, I was reading how that Samuel comes to Saul, God's chosen Saul to be the new king of Israel. And so God speaks to Samuel and he says to Samuel, 1 Samuel 10 verse 16, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. In fact, he's speaking, Samuel's speaking to Saul and uh, will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. And because the spirit of God is gonna come on you, Note this, you're going to be changed into a different person. I tell you what, this Easter weekend, we need to be reminded that we can't change a whole lot. Some of us are so committed to trying to be a better Christian rather than going, the presence of God enables us to bring the breath of God, to bring a new language, to have an ability to bring the prophetic, but to be changed into a different person. Once the Bible says that these signs are fulfilled, you can do whatever your hand finds to do for God is with you. And as I was reflecting, it's like, wow, what a prophetic word to be given to this young Saul who's about to become king. And it's, it's kind of like God says, when the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit is given access to all of who we are, we live a different level of living. There is an empowered level where God blesses all that our hand finds to do. In other words, we live under this presenced canopy. And really, I want to challenge you, like I've been challenged in preparing this, is how much of the presence of God is really consuming who I am, is a part of who I am. Again, King David cries out in Psalm 16 and verse 11, and he says this, God, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. I have now learned, says King David, that my joy is not being dictated to by my circumstance. My season will not determine how I live today. But in your presence is fullness of joy. Maybe today you're feeling like, God, I feel like I'm struggling. I'm sitting here in the acoustic service. I'm sitting here in, uh, in the 915 here in the main sanctuary. And it's like, God, I, I'm struggling a bit. And yet David cries out, he's the king. He's got power at his disposal. He's got authority. He's got wealth. He's got riches. But he brings it back to the presence. In other words, your presence, it shows me the path of life. It shows me what I need to have. You'll remember in verse 1 of Psalm 91, David again says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Wow. That word dwells literally means those that are married to the presence of God. 
And seriously, I got, I got to just say, as I was preparing my heart for today over these last couple of weeks, it's like, am I married to the presence of God? Do I see the wonder of the Holy Spirit with me in that context? Because if I did, maybe things would change. Moses, years and years ago, God spoke to me. I've never lost the revelation that I got out of this chapter. It has become a bedrock of my own life. Verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, I want you to depart and go up from here, you and all of the Israelites whom you have brought out of Egypt. And I, I want you to take them to the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm going to send with you, verse 2, an angel escort. I'm going to drive out all of the opposition, every one that stands you on your way. I, I'm going to remove them, verse 3. And I'm going to send you to a land flowing with milk and honey. How many reckon that would be a pretty good Easter Sunday if that prophetic word came your way? Come on, let's just unpackage that a bit. Because like I, I just had an angel turn up. I had God speak to me and God said, he's taking me to a great place. The promise is going to come to pass. Not only that, angels, there are going to be supernatural experiences around me as I walk forward. And every enemy that stands in the way, God is just going to remove. Not only that, I'm going to end up with milk and honey. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, there's something about this that wasn't enough. Because then God attaches to that. But I'm not coming this time. I'm not coming with you. Why? Because you're a stiff-necked people. You're looking at somebody that can identify with that. I think I'm a stiff-necked person. See, it's not all negative. It's just comes from a lack of understanding that I can't do it all. See, a stiff-necked person is somebody that doesn't bow to pressure. They just hold their form and go for it. I, I've, I've kind of, I don't know, it's inbred. I think it's a part of who I am. It's, if there's a challenge and nobody's going to run at it, I'll still run at it. But it's kind of like, don't you ever find yourself, Moses, getting trapped in your commitment versus my presence. It's my presence that's going to bring the shift. It's my presence that's going to turn it around and empower you. So Moses responds to God in verse 12, and he says, you say to me, bring up this people. Even though angels and supernatural things will happen, you've not let me know whom you're going to send with me. Yet you say to me, God, that you know me by name and that I've found grace in your sight. Therefore, I pray, if I've found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know, listen to this, you. It's not the stuff that's most important to me, it's you. And that I might found grace in your sight and consider this nation as your people. And, he, and God responds to Moses and says, my presence, okay, we'll go with you. And I'll give you rest. Could it be the more presenced we get, the more at ease we are? The more at rest, the more peace the more everything the enemy's trying to load us up with will dissipate. Moses responds to God, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't you dare bring me up from here. And I feel like, I know for me personally, God's going, when you started, you were so dependent. And now it's so easy when the machine gets formed. 
come on, to rely on the strength or the uprightness of what the Holy Spirit has brought to pass. But what about a desperateness for me, for my presence? How reliant are we really on the presence of God? Carla McDougall wrote this, and she's a Christian author and a speaker, and she said, as oxygen is to my blood, so the Holy Spirit is to my spiritual walk. It's kind of, Holy Spirit, you're here today. You've been given to me to walk with me. I'm not sure if you've ever realized really what took place that enabled Sir Edmund Hillary and, of course, Tenzing Norgay to be the first ones to summit Mount Everest in 1953. Obviously, they had tried and failed. They had prepared. They were gifted. They did all the research But there's a little thing that often we don't think about. They had an oxygen bottle. If it weren't for the oxygen bottle, they would have never been able to climb as high as they climbed. And sometimes I think we can be in a great church with the promises of God all around our lounge room. I think we can take the authority of God's word and begin to quote it, which we should do. But if we don't become oxygenated with his presence, I think some of the things we're crying out for God for, he's saying that's going to require my oxygen. And by the way, we fail to climb any summit of God's promise if we continue to breathe at a human level. And God is just saying, I feel like one to ten. How much are you married to the presence of the Holy Spirit? One to ten, how much room are we making? 26 years later, and I read of another two climbers, again, that had been done many times, but they were wanting to climb Everest, and they failed to get there. In fact, both of them died on the mountain. The reason being on, again, people looking into it, was that their oxygen supply ran out. Breathing everyday air is sufficient for everyday acts. But... At times, all of us are going to find ourselves in a position and maybe for longer than we thought where we are going to be living below normal atmospheric pressure. You might say, what does that mean? Well, ever felt like the unexpected just hit you and slapped you and threw you across, across the room? Ever felt like circumstances were so much on top of you? Again, you could be at home watching this online. Again, whatever service you're looking in from, and it's kind of like you feel like in the season, God, why is it so hard? I want to tell you that God wants us to learn that when we find ourselves beneath the normal, there is an answer. It's His presence. We've got to breathe His presence like we've never breathed His presence before. And all of us will have seasons like that. And then there are times where God calls us on a big faith mission and God puts us with people and we're climbing this new mountain. We're going to see something great happen 26, 27 years on here at Life. Marie and I and many others that have been climbing this mountain. I I didn't realize how dependent we would need to be. Because if it's just who we are and the strength of what we carry, so we pray for high vision, we pray for great breakthrough, and God says, you're going to have to become more dependent on my presence. Think about it for a moment. What happens or what are the signs? 
in the human body if we're not oxygenated. I'm finding it hard to say that. How do you say it? Oxen. Yeah, anyway. Some of you online had some good words coming through there. If you don't live with enough oxygen in the blood system, bloodstream, come on. What happens? Naturally, we become dizzy. We become weak and fatigued. Uh, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but sometimes I look at the body of Christ and I think that, that's her. Come on, where is the strength of people standing up for what they believe in a day where everything is saying, water it down, change it? Come on, we're not called to be dizzy. We're not called to keep on giving up. And you say, well, how? You've got to learn to breathe. We've got to put on the oxygen mask and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to take us to new levels. Uh, Dr. D. Love states this, the muscle in a human body can burn fuel without oxygen, but only for a limited period of time. It cannot be maintained indefinitely. In other words, you can have a Christian life that can be maintained for a period of time because of the presence of God and the little fixes you get, but you can't continue on. Therefore, when you become chronically low of oxygen levels, you have muscle fatigue. And I just pray that we would be a part of a group that are empowered Christians because we've realized we're going to be planted. We're going to be partnered. Come on, we need to be presence where people that are going, no, that's who we are. That's what we're called to do. So what much of the church is like, yeah, I'll get around to it. But really, they have a lack of want to. Why? Because of fatigue, living in fatigue. Maybe fatigue, the answer is for you and I to get into the presence and allow the oxygen of the Holy Spirit Spirit to touch us. Shortness of breath. We come to church, get a quick fix. Oh, I love the presence. Shortness of breath. Shortness of breath produces often a racing heart. Okay, I want to go there. Still living under a lot of anxiety. Fear's the thing that keeps saying no to you. We all feel those things. And I'm not perfect by a country mile, but what I found is when I get into the presence of the Holy Spirit, anxiety does not dominate. Insecurity does not control. Past does not get a platform because I have the breath of God. So often those of us that are controllers, the problem is it's our personality, but also we're lacking breath. And to breathe deeply means that the presence of God, the divine presence, produces this envisioning and this empowered life. I've discovered with me anyway, when I'm lacking the breath of God, the presence of God, my soul begins to dominate. I hear my soul talk. I hear everything from a rational point of view. I hear everything from a control point of view. Jesus dies and rises again. And he comes to a room. Maybe it's Easter morning. Maybe it's Easter Sunday and the disciples are meeting like they've often met. And in John 20 and verse 21, Jesus says to them, Note this, peace, peace. Your heart's racing, peace. Things are happening you don't understand, peace. You're in the acoustic service. You've had peaceful worship, but peace in your soul. 
peace. Peace be to you. You see, as the Father has sent me, I'm going to send you. You're going to live an empowered life. When he had said this, he breathed on them. Ever been that close? Where you felt the breath? Felt that moment where the breath of God just came into your room? He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Simply put, the risen Messiah's breath changed the world from that moment. Wasn't it the breath of the Father that came to Adam who was fully created? And his breath caused him to become a living being. Kind of like a Christianity that has the belief it's got the corpse. But it's the presence. And so for me, it's a journey continually where I'm caught in this place of going, God, I I need more of your presence because I'm naturally just going to stand up and keep going. And so I've had to learn and continually learn. Wow, that is low. (laughs) I think there might be a message in that. But, you know, I've continued to have to learn that to live this presence life, I'm going to first and foremostly have to create time to breathe. Mm. See, I've got to realize that I can't do what I'm called to do because I'm called to scale mountains that are bigger than me. And because of that, I am going to experience challenges that are a lot deeper than me. And so I've got to just take time to breathe. And it's in that breath that you are reminded that you're not on a course on your own. That daily decision just to breathe has changed so much. That's why worship for all of us is a place of exchange. It's a place where God steps in and God brings a change. I've just had to learn to create those times. I just need some time, Marie. I'm just going to breathe. Sometimes I need to get out on the water. That's what does it for me. And I'll just breathe. Around the word, I'll just breathe. So first and foremostly, I've got to create those moments. I've got to create that time. Secondly, I've got to determine what I'm going to breathe. The supply line. You see, I can so easily give way. I, it wouldn't be a week go by where somebody doesn't tell me what they think about me. Uh, somebody just told me this week, oh, we went on the uh, internet and found some, some pretty harsh stuff saying about you. You, you, need to, you need to go them. I said, I don't need to go anywhere. I, I don't read that stuff. Is your, pa- is your past... Still what you're breathing? Come on, is, is your weakness, your failure still what you're breathing? I've often thought sometimes we have people from other countries that come and live in our country and sometimes it looks a little weird because they wear breathing masks. And I'm sure sometimes it may be a health-related situation. Other times I've realized they come from a city that has a lot of pollution. And so therefore they've learned to breathe through a mask. 
And yet for us, we know that the air here is not something that we need to breathe through some other mask. But in the middle of that, God still says, yeah, but you're more polluted in your environment than you realize. Every time you turn on the TV, there's pollution coming your way. Every time you're rubbing shoulders with people that have walked away, there's pollution. Come on, determine your supply line. The word of God is the basis and the bottom to who we are. What's happened to Sam, by the way? I don't know what's happened. He may be coming. But Psalm 119, again, David writes and he says, it's your word that I breathe, that I have hidden in my heart, that I may not sin against you. You're not going to overcome sin by just trying harder. It's by receiving the presence of Jesus, which is his word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. Goes on in verse 103 and he says, How sweet are your words to my taste. They're sweeter than honey. If I was to choose something sweet, then I would be breathing your word today. Your word, verse 105, is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I just breathe. 106, I have sworn in Confirm that I will keep your righteous judgments, your word, said David. I am afflicted very much. But then he says this, I love it. He says, revive me. Revive me, O Lord. Had amazing experience this week. Uh, Gaetano, who comes to life here had sort of said a couple of times as he walked out of the service, hey, I'm opening a restaurant, would you come? In Mount Eden, it's an Italian res restaurant called Monzu. And uh, we had quite a few th things on. Finally, we were able to make some time and Marie and I went. I've got to admit, I, Marie and I felt so humbled as uh, not just Gaetano, but also Flavia, who's the cook there. You could just see they were so excited to see us. And you walked in and thought, mate, this is a new place. But boy, there's just, there's something here. What happens when people walk into you? There's something here. And I thought, Wednesday night, we're most probably the only people. The place packed up, filled up. Then I watched them. Every person was like family. And if they didn't know it before, they knew it by the end of the night. Come on. And I'm going, I love this. This is church. This is church Italian style. At the end, after seven courses, which we had to eat them all. So I'm here to repent today as well. He said, come have a look. Go into the kitchen. and I said, oh, I'd love to pray for you guys thinking we'll go out to some sort of corner let's pray open window of the kitchen full restaurant we are in a huddle and we pray then he points me to the wall which is what the kitchen staff see written in Italian Hebrews 11.1 1. faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen presence empowered futures we hide it 
We ain't got time. And then there's the opposite side of who we are. Come on. There's those that just want 100% oxygen all the time. And it's true. If you know anything even about medicine, hyperbaric chambers, doctors use at times because there's a part of the human body that's not healing fast enough and in pure oxygen done the right way, you can stimulate healing. The problem is there's the danger of being in the 100% oxygen environment, of it turning toxic in the body and causing death and even blindness. And I was thinking about that and I thought before man fell, I think it was a 100% oxygen environment. Eternity, I think, is going to be a 100% oxygen environment. But we're in a world where we can't live on pure oxygen. And there are some Christians, all they want is 100% oxygen and never learn a dependent lifestyle. Come on. You're going to go through things, but God says, I want you to realize why I'm not around. I'm here. Breathe. Breathe. And then there are going to be those moments where God will step in and do the supernatural. But we're in a season, come on, of mixed gases. But it's the wonder of his presence that changes everything that we are. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.